Welcome to Panther Parade, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Parade. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Alex Lopez and TJ Peterson. And joining us once again... Uh, from Florida Hockey Now, George Richards. George, thank you so much for coming on today. Well, hi, fellas. How's everybody doing? Doing doing very well. How are you? Uh, can't complain. Just hanging around, you know. So, another uh, another off-season in South Florida, eh? <laughs> a, bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a louder one than uh, than you might think. I assume you had a pretty busy day today. We just announced the hiring of Bill Zito as uh, Dale Talon's replacement as the general manager of the uh, of the Florida Panthers. Yeah, yeah, Bill Zito comes in. Uh, we heard last night that, uh, you know, five minutes after I post a story saying that there's a handful of finalists, you know, <laughs> the national guys are all over Bill Zito. So uh, then I listened to the tape a little closer, and uh, Matt Caldwell kind of said, yeah, he's on the list, so we knew he was a finalist. But anyway, um, yeah, Bill Zito comes in, um, called the associate general manager, just a fancy word, probably a raise off assistant general manager uh, in Columbus. You know, worked with Yarmo Kekalainen in the last seven seasons. Did a lot of good stuff there. I mean, I'm sure you're going to ask me about that, but he did a lot of good things in Columbus. That was that's an organization that really, when Yarmo took over and then uh, and then Bill joined him. I mean, they were at the bottom of the league. That was a broken franchise. Mm-hmm. And you look at the Columbus Blue Jackets right now. Yeah, they haven't had a whole lot of postseason success, but uh, you know. They went to the second round last year. They're in the playoffs, you know, every year it seems. I think four out of the last five years, three in a row. Um, I'm sure a lot of Panther fans would take that, no doubt. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and of course there were a lot of questions about like what what direction the Jackets were going in in with uh, with the departure of Bobrovsky, Panarin, and Matt Duchesne. And they silence everyone by making the playoffs again. Granted, they uh, they didn't get past uh, they didn't get past Tampa this time. But uh, that's just a testament to their ability to find a complete four-line team. Uh, yeah, and, you, and, 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 and real quick, to, to go on that, I mean, they not only did they lose Bob Panarin and, and Duchesne, but half their team was injured. Right. They lost their top scorer, their top defend, their top two defensemen for a time. I mean, they – they were legitimately playing an AHL roster a lot of nights with, you know, Nick Foligno, uh, you know, notwithstanding. And they were right, you know, while the Panthers can't win a home game in February, despite being a cap team and having Joel Quinville, you've got the Blue Jackets with an AHL team making a run at the playoffs. And I think that's when the Panthers really started looking at what they had saying, what is going on here? And I think they looked at Columbus and said, you know, we need to change something because if these guys can do it at the bargain basement level, why can't we do that? So I I think that's when, you know, things started to change around Florida because going into the all-star break, Dale Talon was coming back. And I think February kind of put the kibosh on that. So, so you mentioned that this has kind of been in the works for a while with the exit of Dale Talon. We don't want to spend too much time on his tenure, but real quick, uh, the Trocheck trade was that all like around that time was that decision already made because it seems a little odd that you know Vincent Trocheck would be moved if the organization's already seen 
oh, hey, we're going to go in a different direction with our general manager in the offseason. No, that's a really good point. No, I, 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 mean, I, I think that the, the seeds of change had been sown. I don't think that they had any – I think you could feel a change in the air when it came to Dale, and I think Dale felt that. I, you could see a difference in Dale. Like, he was kind of, you know, here we go again kind of thing. He knew his, his contract expired in June. Um, you know, talking to Matt Caldwell on Tuesday, he, you know, he swears up and down that they, they went to Toronto, Dale's the GM, let's see what happens. Um, you know, we got those reports after game four, but they say that they didn't make any decision until Saturday when they sat down with the Violas. So um, by all indication, if the Panthers would have made the East's finals maybe Dale comes back maybe they change something a little bit but what I'm saying is is in February when that team stunk up the joint and couldn't win a a home game um, I think they were looking around and going what is up with this team here we go again that kind of thing and and the one constant that's been there the last 10 years is Dale and you know I think with his, his contract expiring they just decided you know maybe let's just make a change especially when they went out as quick as they did against the Islanders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they did not look – I mean, we haven't talked to you since the series, but they did not look good against the Islanders. I mean, they looked like one of the worst teams in the bubble, and that's not oh, really yeah. – that's not really an exaggeration. They just didn't look good. Yeah, and, we're not here to talk about that, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But mean, there's, some, the there's something fundamentally the wrong. <laughs> there's something fundamentally wrong, with, I mean, because this is not a bad team. This is not a bad job because the pieces seemingly are here. Um with with the Panthers organization, but there is something missing, and there has been something missing for a long time, and you can't put that on Dale Talon. I don't, you know, it just, you know, oh, Dale Talon's the reason there's something missing. So, you know, come on, there's some, but there is something missing in that, you know, with that team. We thought Joel Quinville would be, you know, come in here, throw his three rings on the table, and everybody would snap <laughs> into attention, and it just didn't happen because we've seen this team quit before. We saw him quit on Tom Rowe, and that was kind of Okay, we get it. You quit on Tom Rowe. Okay. <laughs> then they quit on Bob Bugner at, at times. And it looked like at times they've quit here. So, you know, something's so, up. I don't know. With, with all that in mind, um, if uh, if it is so you say that uh, Matt, will, Matt Caldwell will swear that Dale Talon was the guy until uh, until they hit Toronto. He was the guy until they weren't. Until he right. was. <laughs> so they let him go. They bring in Zito. So I know it's uh, it's obviously very early. He's only officially been GM for what eight hours, ten hours. Uh, but what uh, what sense have you gotten about uh, what direction Zito might take the team? Does he have uh, any 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 idea of what uh, what the plan might be going forward in terms Knowing- of what, what he's going to do with uh, with the players he's got to work with? Knowing Bill Zito, he came into his first interview with a plan that he showed the Panthers. Here's what I think we can do. Here's, you know, you know, some kid that you signed, you know, that's playing in Latvia, and I think this kid's going to do that. You know, I, I mean, he – the guy is extremely well-prepared. He knows the game. Um, he came in with a, with a complete checklist of what they need to do. We need to trade X, Y, and Z and then turn them into A, B, and C, you know, that kind of thing. So um, he didn't just come into this cold and is looking at it now going, oh, Aaron Eckblad. But, you know, no, no. He, he already has a semblance of an idea of what he wants to do. Um, as far as, you know, you've got draft picks. I mean, he could deal some of those. Um, 
listen, Yarmo's been the GM in, in Columbus, but but Yarmo's big on teamwork. So whatever deals Columbus made over the last couple years, they did so as a team. And I think that 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 uh, that, that uh, Bill Zito was in on a lot of that stuff, and now he gets to pull the trigger himself. So. Um, We'll have to wait and see what he wants to do. He didn't get into a whole lot of specifics today, understandably. Um, but, you know, he's got a lot of people he needs to talk to, not only within the organization, but within with other general managers as well. So you yeah. wouldn't happen to have any sense of who players X, Y, and Z that he might want to trade away uh, are yet, will you? No. Uh, <laughs> Dryden Hunt maybe is going to Chicago for no I'm kidding. <laughs> you I, apologize. I apologize to Drainville the Drain Dryden Hunt fans out there. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, actually I heard people. that from I'm Eklund just... about a half hour ago. <laughs> yeah, so here here we are. Yeah, I got some stuff to throw against the wall if you want. But uh, no, I it, nothing specific. And I think that, you know, when, once the, the playoffs are over, although we have seen some trades already, yeah. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna see some stuff. But I think you know, he is new to the job. This is his first GM job. I, I don't think we're going to see a trade tomorrow from Bill Zito and the Panthers, but I wouldn't be surprised if something went down before the Stanley Cup final. Who knows? I mean, or, or you wait till the draft. I, you got time now. If you had do to. You, sp- do you get the. Go ahead, Alex. <laughs> if you had to speculate, do you get the sense that there's going to be a lot of changes this offseason? Or is it going to be kind of a move move some pieces around and, and, and try to make it work? Because, I mean, there's all these rumors of there's going to be a, you know, they need to shed money and they're not going to be a cap team next year. Like, I mean, what – if you had to speculate, obviously. You know what? Um, it's it's hard to, to say because this has been such a tough year, right? I mean, the Florida Panthers – haven't had a single person in their building, same as everybody in the NHL. Um, but they were really counting on a uh, being in the playoff hunt in March and, and, and selling some tickets to some games and having a couple playoff games in that arena. Uh, all that money's gone. They haven't laid anybody off. And, and so that's, that's good from a, you know, in a feel good story, everybody that works for the Panthers still is. Yeah. And then that's really, that's really commendable by Vinny Viola. Um, so if the Panthers aren't a cap team next year, I don't, I don't know that there's going to be a lot of cap teams because everybody's in the same boat. They don't know what the revenue stream – we know what the revenue streams look like na- right now. What are they going to look like next year? They might be just as bad, if not worse, because you didn't have the entire season. Now you're making good on stuff that you've already been paid for. So I, I don't know. I don't know what free agents are going to go for. I mean, just – we, you know, in talking to Bill Zito today, he was like, listen, we don't know. You're going to have free agents who there might not be a market for. I think there's going to be a big market for Mike Hoffman because everybody yeah, sees what that guy can do. He's going to get paid, and I think that's going to price him out of Florida. And I always, we kind of always thought that, didn't we? Going into definitely. this season, you can only keep Dadnoff or Hoffman. You're not getting both. And everybody's kind of like, yeah, I like that. But Hoffman, realistic, <laughs> the – Dadnov realistically was the guy you probably could get could keep and I think that probably is still the case I think Hoffman's going to get a, a boatload of money on the free agent market Dadnov wants it wants to stay here he lives here in Miami he wants to stay I, I think you can work out a deal with Dadnov and, and keep him um, 
But as far as them being a cap team, listen, with, with $4 million in dead cap money, they've only got 77. That's their cap this year, right? 77, yeah. 78, something like that. So they can't spend 82 million, even if they wanted to, because they got four, four, four and a half million dead money. So we'll have to see. And I think they're going to take it. I think they're going to take everything at, at, at face value. I, I don't think they're just going to say, all right, Dadnoff, Hoffman, Boyle, uh, Pisser, they're all gone. We don't want to pay anybody. We're trading, you know, and they're going to have a $50 million salary. Right now they're committed to 60 million without giving anybody any money. You've still got to resign. Um, you've got uh, RFA deals coming with Brady Keeper, uh, so, uh, another couple RFAs. So you look at it. I think is up for a deal. That's yeah, Weeks is. One. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have to do something with Weeks. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But I mean, they're not going to go bargain. You, you don't spend six million dollars on a coach and ten million dollars on a goalie one year and then come back and go to the dollar store. So I, I think they're still going to try and keep this thing together. You've still got. Barkov, Dadanov at very affordable contracts for the next couple seasons. The window was closing, right, on that. So yeah. that's why you went out after Bob. That's why you went after Quinville in the first place. I don't think that changes. Uh, so you, you mean Huberto, though, not Dadanov, right? I, I'm sorry, Huberto. <laughs> yeah, 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 Huberto. You know what I meant. Yeah, Thank right. you. But you, for, you did for, know what I meant, and you're correct. For the, anyway, but... for the listeners, not, for, not, not that I ever want to correct the GOAT, George. <laughs> So, so on the, yeah, on the we, note we don't want to get any tweets. And, <laughs> on no on tweets the on the me. note of free agents and uh, and contracts coming up and everything, as a former player agent, uh, Zito does have a reputation of being a very very tough negotiator. Uh, so He's how might ass. that yeah. affect uh, affect some of these contract negotiations and our activity in the uh, in the UFA market? Uh, do you see his negotiation tactics as a as an asset or a detriment? Uh, and how will that affect us uh, over the offseason? I was about to say over the summer, but not quite. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't think you're going to see uh, – you're not going to see the Florida Panthers just handing stuff out like candy anymore. And I think that yeah. – I'm not even saying that about, you know, we all know what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, seven-year yeah. you know, seven deals with all seven being no trades, stuff like that. I think you're going to not see a whole lot of that. Um, you know, he, hey, listen, he's got a reputation in Columbus as being a contentious um, – uh, negotiator. I mean, it's like if I've been selling used cars my whole life and then I go to buy one, does the dealer really want to deal with me? Because I know all the tricks. I mean, I know exactly <laughs> what you're trying to upsell me on. He was a player agent. He knows exactly what these guys are trying to get and try to get over. And, uh, and it's led to some, 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 some bad feelings in, in, in Columbus and some that have lasted. Sergei Bobrovsky being one of them. So, uh, whether it's a detriment or not, I think you're going to get better contract. You're going to get better value. Um, I think you're going to find the Panthers go younger, and that goes cheaper, but that may yeah. not mean worse. So, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see how that works out. But um, I don't know. I mean, I just look at and – and I love Anton Strollman. I think he's one of the – you know, I, I, but the money they're paying him, they were bidding against themselves last year. I yep. mean, they talked about, hey, we're up against a cap. We've got, you know, $75,000 under the cap. That's, yeah, okay. But a lot of that's on you because you overpaid. Just take a million dollars off Strollman and, 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 uh, and Connolly even, and you're good. 
You would have yeah. you would have had some cushion, but but they were bidding against themselves with Anton Strawman and and you know overpaid. I, I mean, we talked about that the second the deal it was announced that it was like too many years for too much money, and we were like all on the same. George and I, you and I were on the same page, and it was like, why is this guy getting five and a half for three years? And I get the three years makes the most sense because of right. You have the Vegas, uh, the Ve- not the, I'm sorry, the Seattle, Seattle. expansion. Yeah draft coming and you need a defenseman that you can expose right in that draft but you know they're 5.5 for two more years for a guy who was below replacement level is it's just not it's not a good situation but i mean he did play in every game and i i think that you know he played with different partners every game i i you know i I, i'm not on the i just used anton just his contract i mean Anton Strawman at four and a half million dollars is still being well paid at five and a half. You know, you, you, tr- you, you could trim. There's definitely some fat to trim. Yeah, Not anymore of- because all these guys have contracts, but you know what I'm saying? They, they, they back, they painted themselves into a salary cap corner when I, I, I think there are a couple deals that you could have made and, and saved yourself some money and some headaches. So uh, we want to jump a little bit into the uh, into the actual process of uh, of hiring this this new GM. Uh, Dale Talon was let go. I believe it was August tenth uh, that that was officially that, that was made official rather, uh, and the the search had probably started already uh, if they knew that uh, that Talon wasn't going to be the guy going forward. Uh, and a lot of uh, it seemed like a lot of people were getting interviews and. Uh, Maybe that was just a function of the of the current climate. That if you can just get a guy to hop on Zoom for an hour or two, uh, it's it's just a lot. E- it's a lot easier to knock through a bunch of those uh, than the in person meetings of old. But uh, who uh, who uh, if you had to say who came in second, uh, who would have been your your choice uh, if it was your choice? And you don't have to answer that if you don't feel like alienating uh, Bill Zito. Should no, he find himself no. listening to this podcast? But uh, uh, who who would you say came in second, and who would you have chosen if uh, if you were in Matt Caldwell's shoes? I think a couple of the guys that had some experience, uh, and and that is a very good point. They did interview twenty four people, uh, or whatever he said, two dozen. It was probably twenty two, twenty three, twenty six, <laughs> whatever it was. Um, we don't know the exact number, but yeah, it was easy to do that because you had the Zoom. Hey, nine o'clock, we're going to do a Zoom. We'll go till noon. I'll have a bite to eat, then I'll start at one, and that's my day. Uh, and he did that for for a couple weeks. Um, uh, John Ferguson Jr. I heard had interviewed very well. I heard he did well. Uh, this past weekend, I heard Peter Shirelli. People in Toronto were telling me, listen, Florida Florida is really talking up Peter Shirelli. I don't know if that was a smoke screen, if that was to get people talking about it. Um, and obviously the New York Post, you know, really got some things going with the Chris Drury news, mm-hmm. um, as well as Elliot Friedman reported that Florida was going to offer him the job it sounded like to me from Matt Caldwell, like he was like, what, who said that? What? No, that wasn't, no, we weren't. So it sounds like that wasn't true, even though Chris Drury's got a great um, resume and all that. Um, they just didn't think that he had the experience. And that went to the TV guys as well, as good as Kevin Weeks interviewed. Um, if Kevin Weeks wants to get into a NHL front office, maybe he needs to get into one and, and you know, do some, you know, assistant general managing and that kind of thing and see how, because he knows hockey, he knows hockey players, he knows the game, but 
he doesn't have the experience. Um, he's, you know, he's a TV guy and he's a good, very good TV guy. I love Weeksy. Um, but I would think that, yeah, maybe that'd behoove him. If this is the, now that he's had a taste, he interviewed for a GM job, maybe that's what he wants to do. I would think that any team in the league would hire Kevin Weeks to be an assistant general manager, learn the ropes, and then maybe in a year or two have his own team. But I digress. Um, John Ferguson Jr. interviewed very well. Chris Drury, obviously, but he pulled out of the race last weekend. Um, who else did I hear? Uh, what's his name? Scott Mellenby, I, I think, was was right in there. Um, obviously, he has the uh, the Panther ties, second captain, killing the rat, yada, yada. But he's done a real good job. Uh, he's very well thought of in the Montreal organization. Um, you know, I, I think he did pretty good. And when uh, – what's his name? Uh, in, in uh, St. Louis, the assistant general manager, Armstrong, Armstrong, Armstrong. in St. Louis. I think uh, all the things that he's done, uh, he built – I mean, you look at you look at that resume, I, I, I'd be hard-pressed to not pick a guy like that. I like Barry Zito from the beginning. I mean, I, I've known Barry the last couple – Barry Zito, geez. No, Barry, Barry's You're the not pitcher the first. for the A's, George. You're not the first. I got, see all the baseball <laughs> stuff I got in the house? Oh uh, no! Bill There's Zito. some Panther fans on Twitter complaining that we hired a baseball pitcher as the GM. So yeah, he's got a World <laughs> Series ring or two. Um, Bill Zito, I've, I've known the last couple of years. Um, very smart guy. Um, he was the first guy I thought of. I'm like, Panthers need to call Bill Zito because he's going to be a general manager somewhere sometime soon. Why not here in Florida? Because I think he will come in with an eye towards scouting and, and revamping their pro scouting and, and revamp, you know, looking at, at what's going on in this organization and, and maybe improve it. I'm not saying fix, but, you know, improve some things. And um, I, I think Florida's search ended up focusing on guys that had that kind of experience, guys that were assistant general managers, guys that were in hockey ops and, uh, you know, and, and, and obviously Alex, uh, the three general managers, Mike Gillis, obviously had a had a huge run. I think Roberto Luongo was talking him up for obvious reasons. Um, Chiarelli had had people in his corner, you know, and Ron Hexall obviously has has you know a resume that that, that shouts that he should maybe have a job somewhere. So there were a are lot you, of good candidates. Sorry, are you willing or able to divulge who was in Peter Chiarelli's corner? Um, I think there were people outside the organization and inside okay. the organization. No, I mean, Peter Shirelli, I mean, the guy, the guy won at Stanley cup in Boston. Yeah. In Boston. I mean, he <laughs> built that Boston, that 2011 Boston Bruin championship team. And that, that was his, I mean, he was there for five years. He gets fired. What in 2015? So four years. So he was in Boston almost a decade. Um, a lot of the guys that are still playing for the Bruins were Shirelli guys. Uh, a lot of the guys still playing for Edmonton are Shirelli guys. So, like Rivaldo Lucic. Yeah, like, I'm well, sorry, I couldn't help myself. No, no, that, I couldn't help you know, myself. That was a Lucci's bad. You're talking, talking about that. bad contract. Yeah, that we were looking at that one like, what the what? Yeah, that 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 was that was a Dave Boland special where the second the ink was dry, everyone in the NHL knew, ooh, that one's rough. Yeah. So you know you. <laughs> Those kind of contracts, uh, you know, they come back to bite you in the butt, just like the Dave Boland deal. But, um, 
you know, so I think, I think, you know, and, and listen, and Shirelli's been working with the St. Louis Blues, kind of rehabbed his image a little bit. Oh, I've had time to reflect. I've had time to look back at things, what I did wrong in Edmonton. And, and you know, him saying, and I'm sure in his interview he said this, he goes, listen, I went to Edmonton with a five-year plan, and, and then Edmonton uh, played better than anybody thought, and that kind of changed it. And then he kind of wanted to fast-track things and got away from what he knew worked. And it, and it didn't work when he tried to fast-track it. So, And maybe that hurt him in a Florida interview because Florida's not really like, yeah, we're not rebuilding here. We, we kind of want to be on that fast-track. So, anyway. So, let's talk, let's talk about Bill Zito, the executive. What's his style? Is he an analytics guy? Is he an old-school guy? Like, what, what's he like in terms of let's, – let's start there. Analytics versus old-school hockey guy, like – I got to see it and I, I got to see it. And if I, the guy needs to have jam and compete level. I think he's a little of both. Um, I, I think he's a guy that, you know, as an agent was known for finding some, you know, for turning over some stones and finding some gems. Uh, you know, he represented a lot of hockey players who nobody else wanted to represent that turned out to be pretty darn good players. Um, that's what he was known for was finding these, these, these diamonds in the rough and, but he does go a lot off analytics. He's, he's, a, he's a guy that'll look at the, that'll crunch the numbers. Um, but, you know, so he's not a, you know, he's not a, a gut guy and he's not an analytics guy. He's like a little bit of both. He's, he's old school, new school. So, um, and, and I think that's what you need. I think you need to be a little bit of both. And I think that Dale Talon, uh, everybody knows Dale Talon is an old school guy, but I think over the last four years, I think he came around to the numbers thing um, and, and was looking at that very seriously when it was time to, to analyze a, a trade or something of value. He was looking at the numbers as well and not just the, the eye test. So uh, Shirelli, uh, Shirelli, I got Shirelli on the head. Uh, Bill, Z, <laughs> Bill Zito does definitely look at the numbers, but he wants to see it on the ice too. Um, so so uh, you brought up Dale Talon and his uh, his recent acumen for for data uh, compared to compared to Zito's. So are are there any other comparisons you can draw between Zito and Talon? What uh, what kinds of things do they do similarly that Panthers fans might be familiar with? Uh, what do they do differently? Possibly more importantly, it, it's going to be. I, I don't that's a good question because I don't know yet because we haven't seen Zito at the head of an organization yet. Right. He's always been the, he's been the number two in Columbus. So whenever you were kind of what's, what were the, you know, it, it's Yarmo that, that is the, the face of that. So we're going to find, I mean, Bill's going to find his own way. He's going to have his own way of doing things. Um, I think one thing that you're going to see a similarity between uh, Dale and Bill is they're both very positive guys. Uh, they're very likable guys. They're very, uh, they're going to, you know, Bill Zito knows everybody in hockey. And that was true with Dale as well. If you would ever go to an NHL draft at the end of the day, you have to wait for Dale to come back to the, to the railing to talk to you. It would take 30, 40 minutes because he stopped to talk to everyone. And that's why Dale was able to make deals with so many teams is because, 
everybody knew him. He wasn't, you know, he talks to everybody. Bill Zito does as well. Bill Zito uh, is, is very in tune with a lot of teams. He's been dealing with these people for 20 something years as an agent first. And now as a, as an executive with the blue Jackets. So, um, you know, they didn't get, you know, some guy that's going to sit in his office all day and not pick up the phone and just, you know, he, he's going to be out there and he's going to be pressing the flesh, if you will, trying to make some deals and, and, and get things going. So, so, George, we know that he, and I'm speaking about Zito here, has a lot of experience managing the AHL franchise in Columbus. Do you think that's something he's going to take particular interest in with Florida? We don't even know where the Florida AHL franchise is going to be. Yeah. But uh, we don't even know if there's going to be an NHL season. I that's mean, true. because, you know, with the AHL, it's completely um, ticket sales is sponsoring that, you know, ticket sales and, and advertising. So if they can't have fans in the stands, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for a lot of these AHL. Now, I think 19 AHL teams are owned by NHL teams. So maybe those teams will play. Just to get their guys on the ice, I don't know. I, I don't. I mean, it's just a, it's going to be a nightmare trying to figure this whole thing out. But that said, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, because I think that this year when when uh, when he got promoted in Columbus, he gave up the GM duties of the Cleveland Monsters, um, and now you know you've got Eric Joyce. He's still the assistant general manager. Um, he's in charge of the AHL. But yes, I, I do think he's going to. You know, I, I don't think that – I think Eric Joyce kind of ran the Springfield team the way he wanted to and, and pulled in players and made trades as long as they were AHL-type trades. And a lot of those worked out. Some of those guys have made it up to the NHL. Some haven't. Some are just AHL guys. Uh, but I, I do think uh, that uh, Bill Zito is going to take a, uh, a hard look at that. What, what is the future for Eric Joyce? I know the announcement was made that he's staying on as the senior VP – is that something you expect to is that something you expect to make it to the season or do you think he's going to look for something elsewhere since he didn't get the top job um and if he or I may have to answer that first um i think he's i think he's staying back i mean he's a senior vice president of an nhl team um you know, he's been here seven years and, you know, he came off of Wall Street, right? He came off of Wall Street and got an NHL job at the age of, what, 35? Um, so, you know, he, you know, he obviously was a co-general manager uh, during the Tom Rowe thing. Um, he's gotten great experience. I, th I, th I think Eric Joyce is a terrific hockey mind. I, I think he knows what he's doing. Um, I, I just don't think that the Panthers thought this was the right time to, to, to promote him. So I don't know. I know he's very loyal to Vinny Viola and the Viola family. Um, they've known Eric Joyce a long, long time. Um, this is still a pretty good job. You know, you're still the vice president of an NHL team and you're the, 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 you're the GM of an AHL team. That's not too shabby. So I, I do expect Eric Joyce to stick around. Okay, so since he is going to stick around, it's it's been reported that you know since the Tom Rowe and Co GM, where he was essentially running the show with uh, you know Steve Warrior and company, his voice kind of got silenced quite a bit by Dale Town. That's at least what we've heard. You can tell us if I'm wrong there. If uh, do you see him having getting some of that voice back? Obviously, this is Zito's show, and he's going to run it. But like, is Zito a collaborative guy where? Eric Joyce will be allowed to, you know, do things that will hopefully help the organization. 
Yeah, I think so. And I, and I, and I, I, I don't think that his voice was silenced by Dale. I think um, it may look that way. Sure. It certainly looked that way because, you know, we, we were like, Oh, Dale's back in charge. Um, but he and Eric worked very good together. I think Dale and Eric had a very good relationship, especially the last couple years. Um, I think Eric, um, you know, did his job and I think Dale respected that. And I think Eric, you know, kind of came out of that 2016-17 season as, as unscathed as anybody could because he's the only one still standing, right? So, and, and he and Dale got along. Very, I, I do believe that they got along pretty well. You saw them talk a lot and be very close. So, um, but it was Dale's call. Yeah. But I also think Dale had the final call. But I think that there was a lot of collaboration in deals and things of that nature. And, and again, Eric was able to make deals on his own. Um, of course, they had to be run up the flagpole. They had to go through Dale. But Dale, a lot of times, just said, yeah, that sounds good to me. You like this kid? Yeah, I like this. Yeah, all right, go ahead and do it then. So I think Eric had some responsibilities. I think he's going to continue to have some responsibilities because I think that like I said earlier, uh, Bill Zito and Yarmo works hand, you know, very closely together. And I think that experience really helped Bill Zito. I think it'll help. And I think Bill will want to help Eric as well. So uh, with that in mind, are there, uh, are there any people that, uh, that Bill was particularly close with or worked particularly well with in Columbus that he might look to bring with him to, to Florida? Yeah, I'm here and he's probably going to bring some people. Um, I don't know who or what contracts are going on in Columbus. Um, I, I don't think Yarmo wants his organization rated either because, again, I mean, this is a, a Blue Jackets organization that's been based off development, right? So, you know, Yarmo Kekalainen doesn't want all his guys going to another team. Um, so, you know, we're going to have to see. I think I think there'll be a couple people that come over from Columbus um, you know, maybe, maybe some scouts or something of that, maybe some people get a promotion, um, and that gets them out of their contract. If you get promoted, you, you kind of have to let them go. Um, if you don't have room for them in your organization to, to, to do that. So we'll have to wait and see. I'm sure in the coming weeks and months, we'll, we'll hear different hirings and then we'll be able to put two and two together. So just overall, I think that a lot of people get the idea that when a new GM gets a job, he wants to make his mark on a sure. franchise. There's a lot of GMs that certainly want to do that. Is your impression that Zito is going to come into the Panthers organization and make a lot of changes, even if they're not big changes, like you know, revamping the scouting department, revamping some internal departments that we probably won't even hear much about? Or do you think that he's going to collaborate with a lot of the people that the Panthers have already brought in to do some of the, you know, little jobs? Uh, that's a good question. And I don't know, I'm going to be talking to him tomorrow. I'll, I'll ask him so about the staffing issues, but, and I think he, a lot of these people he may not have met. Uh, I'm sure some of these people, you know, some of the Panther scouts and stuff he's seen at games and stuff and, and maybe knows by reputation or knows by having a, a hot dog in the, the media, uh, cafeteria or whatever um but we're just gonna have to wait and see i mean but yes it, it, when a general manager comes in a lot of times matt caldwell said it he wants some fresh eyes on this organization what are we doing right what are we doing wrong and a lot of times you're gonna find wrong and, and you're gonna try and bring in someone to make it right so 
yeah, if I'm if I'm kind of down the ladder in the in hockey ops, yeah, the new guy coming in, you always think that way. It depends again on contracts, and it also depends on face to face meetings or Zoom meetings or whatever get to know you sessions. But um, you know that's something I'm sure he's he's in charge of hockey ops, so it's going to be up to him to to make moves whatever he feels is necessary. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, I, I mean, I know again it's too new, and we probably need to get you on again tomorrow to get to, to talk about all the new information you have as I'm getting yeah. the riest smile why don't, why, you ever. Know what, why don't we just add George to our, to our, to our group chat. To, you can read, you can read about it tomorrow at, uh, at floridahockeynow.com. For two ninety nine a month, the best investment you will ever make $30 for the year. It's cheap, truck. right? I mean, it's, seriously, it's, it's cheap. cheap. It's it really is cheap. It's, it's good stuff. And it's good <laughs> content on the team you want. Like, we haven't plugged you much yet on this podcast, but yeah, no, Florida Hockey. Lot, Florida <laughs> Hockey now. It's, it's, well, no, we got, you know, George graces us with our time. The least we can do is plug it and urge everyone to subscribe because, like I always say, like George is our only unbiased news source that, you know, isn't team run, and we need him in South Florida. And if we do not support this venture that you're doing with Florida Hockey now, you're going to have to leave us, and that's going to be devastating. So no, got, I'm not leaving. Yeah, I already did that once. Good. <laughs> to co cover the mosquito. Probably, yeah, probably should have stayed. You managed but whatever. to. Uh, you managed yeah, to no, no. Listen, listen. I got, I, I got to know. Like I said, I got to know Bill a little bit. My one year covering the Hamper, Blue Jackets. That's what I'm looking for. But got, got you were to, doing intel. Uh, yeah, I got to know him a, a little better afterwards. Uh, I think he's. He's a very smart guy, and again, we always thought this guy's going to be a GM somewhere. Somebody's going to. You know, some team's going to get this guy, and he's going to be lightning in a bottle. And then you haven't heard too many bad things for, you know, people around the league going, yeah, that's a pretty good move by Florida. That's a pretty good move by Florida. Some people go, I've never heard of the guy or whatever. And people in hockey know who Bill Zito is. And yeah. a lot they've of, been a saying lot it. He's going to get a job no, one of these days. Know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, like, I was trying to ask, and, yeah, and, we'll, and we'll wrap it up afterwards. Is there any – have have there any been changes made at all yet or is there anyone who's might be out the door like is you know is scott bukula safe i think i'm getting his first name right jason jason yeah i actually asked about him um again that's going to be that's going to be uh bill zito's decision um but i think books is safe i i i think he is but again i'll find out tomorrow Okay, well, you'll definitely be getting a text message from me. What did he say about Bukula? Because he's not, he's not a fan. He's not really well thought of in the uh, point-to-point network. Just, uh, you know, we, we've heard he's very grit and grime and jam-oriented with his scouting decisions. And, uh, you know, we'd prefer, you know, more skill, more Barzal than Lawson Kraus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't want to – write anybody off on the show but i mean that is uh that is out there you know yeah um but uh george thank you so much for joining us as always it's been uh very informative i mean you have you are the source for panthers news and inside information and we very greatly appreciate you coming onto our platform and sharing it with us subscribe to his website floridahockeynow.com Listen to his, subscribe to his podcast. I believe it is Panthers Press Box, not on Frozen Podcast like I wanted. But yeah, um, subscribe to him, follow him on, you know, like it, like and, you know, five stars on his podcast, all those things. And I think we lost him. 
But uh, TJ, you want to wrap it up? Yeah. So um, now that George is gone and we are, you know, got the information about Bill Zito, uh, you know, with all of that in mind and what we've already learned about him, just the best time to evaluate decisions is when they happen. And uh, what, what is your overall happiness level with the hiring of Bill Zito? I think it's fine. I uh, Obviously, he wasn't the official first pick of the point-to-point network. Um, but I, I, I think it'll be okay. He, he seems to have a lot of smart people endorsing him, uh, including some of our friends who I can't uh, – <laughs> can't. My God, we're just like name. crossing so many um, lines in the last five minutes. <laughs> no, but smart people seem to like him. Uh, so obviously time will tell, and I know that's counter to what you just said about the best time to evaluate is immediately. Uh, yeah, I mean, but we'll, we'll, I, I'm actually not sure if that's the case with the with the with the GM. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, you're right. Yeah, like especially a, lot a of this first is, time GM. A lot of this is like it, it's a lot like Ryan Lambert said when we had him on. You hear so many good things about a GM candidate, like oh, he's going to be great, and then it's Jason Botterill, you know, or it's <laughs> you know some it's John Chaka who was you know probably not very good when all things yeah. are considered in Arizona. Like you know, it, it really. We really don't know. It's not, it's not as much as like wait and see and then evaluate. You should react to like what he does. If he goes out there sure. and he's like, I need to trade Barkov for Milan Lucic, you got to be like, oh, I don't, I don't know if you're long for this job, buddy. But, <laughs> you know, in terms of the hiring, we can only really go off what we know right now. And we're not going to look back two years and, you know, look at what he's done and say, oh, it was a bad hire. It's just right. uh, he's done a bad job. Time to move on. Or he's done a great job. We did uh, – we did good by him and it's time to extend him and yada, yada, yada. But, um, I, you know, I was, I was kind of underwhelmed, you know, at, at the same time, like we've had such a bad general manager for the past like five years that yeah. like anything is going to be an improvement. But at the, at the same time of the, of the candidates that were in the running to be fair, Chris Drury was a guy that I was really excited about. I mean, what he's doing with the Rangers and their just organizational philosophy of like being willing to make those bold moves, being willing to tear it down, to build it back up. And like, that's, that's a, a approach that gets rewarded again and again in the NHL. Right. And because, worth noting that Drury didn't do that by jettisoning everyone's favorite players. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, they kept we, on, we really don't know what Drury did with the Rangers, but you know, I, I, a I, lot of, a lot of the credit for the Rangers goes to uh, Jeff John Gordon. Davidson and Jeff Gordon. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, those are smart guys that like, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, Yarmo, well, so Yarmo, <laughs> Yarmo I, I respect, but not at the same level as John Davidson and Jeff Gordon. I guess neither Artemi Panarin also does not respect Yarmo Kekalainen as much as John Davidson. Mm, eh, I mean, as much as he respects Kekalainen, uh, the the jacket's still playing Columbus. Not to uh, yeah. disrespect the good people of Ohio, but uh, no, Ohio sucks. That's, let's, let's that's be a, honest. That's a, that's a tough sell. Shits on Ohio, like no, they that's suck. a tough sell if you're a star hockey player who can command upwards of eleven million dollars average annual value per season. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Drew is a guy that I would have been really excited about. Like, we've been talking about Gillis, and, I mean, this is a guy that brought a team to a Stanley Cup final. So, like, how can you not be excited about being able to bring that guy in? He and, also you know, signed Luongo. Roberto Luongo to a 13-year contract. Yeah, I mean, here's well, the thing, that, though. That wasn't a bad contract. Yeah, they got the value yeah. out of it that they needed. Like, right. come on. The Bob contract was a million times worse. But anyway. I agree. 
Let's not get on that tangent. Um, you know, and <laughs> Look, it would have been great I am having not Gillis here and Longo. to besmirch the good name of Mike Gillis. He was my yeah. guy. I wanted him yeah. in this job. Yeah. Lawrence Gilman, uh, Bill Armstrong, you know, working under St. Louis, you know, that's a very well-run organization as well. I think like we're talking about how Columbus has turned it around, but like I, I didn't want to be like, well, of course they turned it around. When you suck, you get better. That's how the NHL works. They reward you for sucking. Right. You get these great draft picks. You get to trade away players, accumulate assets, get better. I mean, the, only the Panthers are the ones that haven't been able to figure out how to do it. Well, well um, let, let's let's be fair, TJ. Yeah, you can have the Rangers who will jump up a combined 12 spots in two right. years. Lottery but you luck also, helps. Right, but you also have the Detroit Red Wings who have been by far the worst organization in the NHL for four years and have dropped a combined 12 spots in four years. Like. Yeah, the lottery is a bitch, and mm-hmm. the Rangers have had the luck of the gods. Yeah, and it's rebuild. it's not so like to be fair. Yeah, it's it's not like Columbus is getting better because of this great draft pick. I mean, Seth Jones, yeah, he's very good, but like you know, the rest of the team, a lot of it is depth. Got you know, depth right. round picks, like third round, fourth round pick. I can't remember Oliver Bjorkstrand. Um, yeah. You know, Andrew Peake from Parkland, Florida, second round pick. Guy yeah, that's they, making they have an a ton already. of NHL players that they drafted like past the second round. Yeah, which I, mean, I don't know how that much. That is something that the Panthers, right. We don't know exactly how much uh, Zito had to do with that, but that is something that the Panthers need. They need to yeah. be able to capitalize on those later picks. Yeah, so and that was something was I was, I was thinking about. Who was able to do that. That's yeah, so like my, my thoughts were like, this isn't like a guy that has outstanding experience he's not coming from an outstanding organization. So it's, it, it's underwhelming. Like I, I don't really know what I'm supposed to love about it. Like he's the Columbus blue jackets capologist. Like they signed Brandon Dubinsky to almost $6 million a year for six years, one year after he got there. That doesn't sound like great cap management. They also have Riley Nash. Who's like a, a healthy scratch every other game making almost 3 million. You know, that that's not like, and um, Oliver not Oliver, I'm sorry, Alex Wenberg making almost $5 million to be, you know, very underwhelming and not really a factor in their success. I mean, it's not a badly run organization, but at the same time, like, I don't look at what Bill Zito has done in the same way that, let's say, I looked at what Bob Bugner did with the San Jose defense and say to myself, well, that's impressive. Maybe this guy is worthy of that kind of promotion. But at the same time, wow, we the don't rare know what point general to point compliment for Bob Bugner. You know that I have always felt like Bob Buchner was yeah. a scapegoat more than anything. And I mean, the problems no. persisted with literally the best coach in NHL history. So I still feel that way. I mean, am I going to tell you that I think Bob Buchner is an excellent coach? I'm not. But at the same time, he is a scapegoat. No, he he, sucked he was coach. a scapegoat. No, he was a scapegoat. Like, but let's not get trash. into this. Let's not get into this. He, he was, was a obsessed with playing Michael Haley. Uh, Scape. All right. Mike, we're, Michael not Haley, about, we're not talking Sierra about this. And... I'm, I'm nipping this in the bud. <laughs> We're stopping this now, but like, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm not impressed with his resume. Like I like him. I want, I want us to have a good, you know, general manager. I want him to do well. I have nothing against him personally. I honestly kind of like his personal background. Like he is a cyclist. I'm into cycling. You know, very cool. He does it for charity. You know, I'm rooting for him. It's not, there's no personal resentment. It's just, I should hope so. He's the GM of your hockey team. <laughs> Well, I mean, there I was hope, some personal resentment for hope that, Dale Talon. I should hope that you want him There to was certainly pres- some personal resentment for Dale Yeah, but Dale Talon had proven over a long stretch of time that he sucked at his job. 
Yeah, I, I didn't want him to succeed, though, because of the analytics stuff. Like, you know, in part of my mind, I still wanted the Panthers to win, but, like, at Obviously. the same time, yeah. I, mean, um, the real, I, I the... will say, to, to Zito's credit, in terms of being a capologist and allegedly a, just about their chief negotiator when it comes to contracts, they don't really have any, like, yeah, they have Dubinsky, whatever, but they don't have any albatross Dubinsky's deals, pr- really. No, that's, that's an albatross. It's brutal. Let's, brutal. Let's, go, let's go to Cap Friendly. I'm, I'm already on cap friendly, Alex. Um, <laughs> one thing that they didn't do, which I will give Bill Zito credit for is keep Sergei Bobrovsky. Yeah, that, that I think is like a, is a, a one accomplishment. I mean, <laughs> I mean, here's where I, I, I mean, Davinsky is 34. Okay. He's 5.85. AAV even for one even more in year. the NHL video games, it's impossible to trade Brandon Dubinsky because of his yeah. contract. <laughs> I, I mean, it's not, it's not a great contract, but there are certainly worse ones out there. There's worse ones on the Panthers. Oh, Would yeah, there's like have, multiple. On, let's play a fun game. Would you rather have 34-year-old Brandon Dubinsky for $5.8 million for, one for more two year. more years one more. or 33-year-old Anton Strahlman at five and a half for two Honestly, more years? Honestly, Strahlman. Honestly, Strahlman. You no, know, because Dubinsky's one more year. Strahlman is two. Yeah, but the thing is that the, the Dubinsky contract was six years. Right, but I'm talking about right now, what's left. Yeah, I mean, Dubi- Dubinsky, though. Yeah. But I mean, it's because of the term that that's a worse deal. Yeah, but that's, but that's the nature of all of these 30, you know, 29, 30-year-old contracts is you're going to get your value years one through three, and three through six are going to destroy you. And I mean, you're seeing it with Dubinsky. You're seeing it with Lucci. Oh, well, Lucci was bad from the start, but like, yeah. And so was Dubinsky. Right. I'm gonna no, no. I'm I'm about to send you guys something uh, that might change your mind a little bit. This is Brandon Dubinsky in the three years leading up to his extension. Okay, but what about the three years after? Yeah, sure, but he was a good player at the time. Yeah, but that's you don't pay for past performance. That's, that's like, true. Okay, even good, in the actually, three years yeah, following, he was pretty good. All right. I mean, that's the, that's the thing you get three years of value. You get, here's the issue is you get three years of good value where you're paying a guy what he's worth. And then three years of you get shit on by the contract. And it's just not worth giving any of those guys contracts because you just don't get the value throughout the whole six years. Like, Oh, I don't know what just happened there. I stopped Um, sharing my screen. Got it. So yeah, you get three years where you get fair value and then three years of shit value and overall it's a bad contract. Like it's just not good. Yeah, but anyway, so, uh, Alex, why don't you give your thoughts actually because I don't think we... No, I haven't had a chance yet, but we got to get you in because you were too busy at Chili's to be the <laughs> main member. Welcome the, to Chili's. <laughs> Chili baby back ribs. Um, you know, but, By the way, I just want everyone to know uh, you can essentially break down our ages based on our reaction to hearing that TJ was at Chili's. I quoted a vine. Alex quoted a commercial that's like 20 years old. Actually, I was quoting The Office for the record. There's a whole episode that takes place Which, at Chili's well, that I is fantastic. I, I get, fine, say that if you want, but He's that's also an old, an old Chili's commercial. <laughs> yeah, but that's the only reason I know the commercial is because Boomer. of... The, of the uh, the office episode, but the, I remember here, it well actually with NSYNC. It was on a lot when I was like seven or so. But now, but here's here's where I'm going to age myself when it comes to Chili's. Do you remember the Awesome Blossom? Nope. No. The Awesome Blossom. What does was, this have to do with Bill Zito? 
<laughs> nothing. I just want an awesome blossom because it's a blooming onion from Outback. It was I was about to say, thing. is that anything like Outback's blooming onion? Exact same thing. Which I've also never had. Oh, it's so good. It's so it's good. I'm sure it is. I doubt I will ever eat one. Oh, I, oh yeah, you're a reformed This is good patty. stuff, guys. This is great stuff. Isn't this is it great like stuff. the I, least if you cut this out, you could be ever ex- eat ever? Oh my god, you, you your stomach like you think Taco Bell destroys your stomach? Eat a bloomin' onion and just wait until about this podcast three in the sponsored morning. by anyone but Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> but like the 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 time you eat it, it is like the greatest greasiest thing ever. It's just you pay for it so much. <laughs> but yeah, back to uh, Bill Zito. He was not my first choice. I was in love with Mike Gillis. I found that, you know, there was an article by the score from a year ago where he wanted to run an NHL organization like a European soccer team with basically, you know, heads of each department all pretty much having an equal say and reporting to a president of operations. And, you know, he was very, you know, forward thinking in, you know, rest analysis, like what, you know, which the NBA is heavy into and the NHL still Mm -hmm. treats like it doesn't exist. Like, all of these forward thinking concepts that all the other sports is just second nature at this point or the hockey the NHL is still in the eighties. Gillis was a big believer in, and that's who I wanted to run this organization. Someone who thinks progressively because, you know, the Panthers trying to be like every other organization with the limitations they have are going to fail 99 times out of a hundred. And if they do succeed, someone's going to come and steal that guy, whoever's doing it. I mean, I guess that's the case anyway, but like the Panthers need to be different. So, and Mike Gillis is the one who was willing to be the most different. So I was really hoping he would be the guy, but he wasn't. So here we are with Bill Zito. The things I've heard is that, you know, like George said, he is a bit, a mix of old school in terms of, you know, he listens to his scouts and what his scouts see with his eyes. But like a lot of Columbus, they're very heavy into analytics they use their analytics when it comes to scouting. And I, you know, I think all of us at point to point are big believers in using analytics when it comes to scouting. So the fact that we nah, now have I'm not. <laughs> the fact that we now have a GM who also thinks that way is huge. And that's why, you know, I asked George about Bukula because Bukula is kind of, you know, the head of the old guard and talents crew of not believing in analytics so I think if you seeing Bukla exit, that's going to really you know show that the Panthers are shifting their focus when it comes to scouting to being heavy analytics driven because the reality is it has to be. You know, there's just not enough eyeballs in the world to accurately scout okay. every player. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't think you have to be big into analytics to be like, oh, you know, Matt Barzell is not an average skater; he's a good <laughs> skater. Yeah, right. But, but to find those diamonds. Oh well, in the well, world. well, Mister Hypocrite! Look whose dog is barking in the background now. Yeah, thank you, Zoom, for making it difficult for me to mute this. Uh, who cares? Jake can be on the podcast. The but thank you for letting me be on my own podcast. <laughs> for those of you out of uh, out of touch here, TJ's dog's name is Jake. I like to think they named their dog after me. No, it's Adventure Time reference. I know, but um. But the reality is the Panthers now have someone who believes in analytics. And I think that's a very good thing. And, you know, if we're going to get a... Uh, and Jake agrees. And Jake agrees. So I think if you see, I mean, you're not going to see it prior to the draft because the draft is in a month. You cannot overhaul your scouting department and be at full strength in a month. So, like, you're going to see Bukla at least in the room on draft day 
but hopefully his voice is silenced and, you know, Matt Barzal doesn't get, you know, passed on at pick 12 because he's not a great skater, according um, to someone with the me, eye Alex, test. Pick 11. Well, the Panthers are pick 12 this year. So, Big agrees. Ah. I think we, we all had the same thought process there. So that's why I'm willing to at least you – know, like, it's not Chiarelli. Thank God it's not Chiarelli. God, it's not Scott I... – Me- it's not Scott Mellenby, and it's because, you know, Scott Mellenby learned at the knee of Jim Benning, and Jim Benning is – or I'm sorry, uh, Bergevin, Mark Bergevin, Bergevin. And Mark Bergevin is ah, one Mark of the Frenchman. worst – Mark, he's one of the worst general managers in the NHL who is living off the fact that Carey Price is still a god. But, you know, they he's not a great team. Philip Deneau, and they yeah, the Philip Deneau trade. Trade. They did not draft Nick Suzuki. They traded for him. Right, they, they traded, they for, traded for him. But that Pacioretty trade, it really worked out. It was a really good trade for them. I mean, Pacioretty's that's great. Bold, first of all, that's a bold stroke trading Matt, Max Pacioretty when they did. Well, he was, he was asking. He was asking. Yeah, he was asking for a trade for a long time. Yeah, it wasn't like that. Yeah, yeah. I remember, he was tied to the Panthers for like three years oh, running. Yeah. That's right. You know? I, I wanted him. Yeah. Yeah, know. it would have been great if we got him. I mean, I'll be honest. At the Except time, that he not, sold his house in Boca, and we realized not, that he wasn't coming here. Not not to go full tangent here. I mean, I was fully on board with not trading, Bu- um, I'm sorry, Borgstrom for Pacioretty. But uh, looking back, it probably would have been a good idea to make that deal at this point. I mean, and he signed know, on we'll a- I, I, I'm very interested to see what Zito does with uh, with our prospects because I really think that Borgstrom was a little bit ruined. I think the, the ability is still there. I, I think he was a little bit ruined by Talon Kinnear and Bugner. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, from what I've been hearing, the Panthers' prospect development department is garbage. Garbage. Non-existent. Worst that, in the league, probably. Right. So that needs a complete overhaul. And I know we didn't we, ask George about offer sheets. We didn't ask George about I mean, I, I feel like George isn't going to have that. I'm going to text him tomorrow. I'll text him tomorrow. Follow me on Twitter, CF3234. Text him tomorrow, hashtag offer sheet Sorelli. So I'll text George and I'll ask him and if he gives me an answer. I'll tell you guys like, hey, what does he think about offer sheets? Because, God, we need someone who's willing to offer sheet. And I know Mike Gillis is willing to offer sheet because he did it yep. a bunch in Vancouver. It pissed yeah, off I mean, a this lot is people. this is the summer of offer sheets. I mean, New York is at the <laughs> will of the cap, can. <laughs> and uh, Pittsburgh is kind of there. But uh, who's really you know cap strapped right now is Tampa Bay because they have almost no tradable contracts. Like all their guys have no trade clauses except for one who has a, uh, a 16 team, no trade clause. So it, it's really going to be difficult right? for their, yeah, Kalorn. So it's really going to be difficult for them to make the space to keep both Sergachev and Sorelli. If those guys are making real money, ready for the galaxy brain play. And I know we've talked about it before. We've talked about it before. Don't, yeah. don't make it public. We want to hide that. Yeah, okay. actually we need Hiding to text this. Plan. You need to get Bill Zito's phone number from George. And then we, we tell him the plan. <laughs> Text, get it? Yeah, let's let let's try and get Bill Zito the Galaxy Brain Play. Yeah, D, DM then, him, DM him in the Galaxy Brain Play, and then yeah, uh, yeah that's what we're gonna along, do. Along Actually, with my resume, mm, along with my resume. Yeah, um, is it hey. such a bad idea to DM Bill Zito our our Galaxy Brain offer sheet plan? I already added him, asking him to offer sheet Sorelli, but yeah, me too. But <laughs> yeah, but. But I mean, I, I, so back to Bill Zito, that's another thing I like. Yale, Yale undergrad, and let's mm-hmm. be honest, like, yeah, he was a hockey player at Yale, but, you know. He you played like 37 games. It, that's not relevant. Like, was he good? Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. No. If you're, 
if you're at Yale, whether you're an athlete or not, you have to go to school. Like my buddy was on the football team at Yale. Like there is no free ride. He is a Yale educated man. He went to Wisconsin law. I don't know if Wisconsin's a good law school, but the reality is he is a Wisconsin's lawyer. a good school. I, I just it's don't like know. So I'm not going to, yeah, it's a good school, but I just don't know. Like, so I'm not going to be like, you know, everyone knows Yale's a great undergrad. I don't know about Wisconsin law. So I'm going to assume it's a good school, but the reality is we now have a general manager who with at least 60 smart. Yeah, smart, but like 66% of the uh, uh, GMs he's going to fo- call on the phone to talk trade with, he is going to be more educated then. He's going to be professionally trained in negotiating while, you know, these guys went to the, you know, went through the CHL NHL system. I mean, I was going to write up something for PTP and I don't know if that's still going to get published because, you know, I mean, I'll publish it. It's just not done. So, but life got uh, in the way. The University way. of Wisconsin at Madison is ranked 38th uh, in the country that's for law That's schools. a damn good law school. That's a damn good law school. So your GM is one of the smartest guys in the room every time he goes to the negotiating table. Well, he's one of the team. most educated guys in the room. Yes, excuse me, most educated. Yeah, I do and I'm like sorry. showing our class privilege. But I'm sorry, that's an advantage. Yeah, That's an advantage. When you go to law school, you learn to negotiate. That's what being a lawyer is. You is don't spend that much time in the education system well, without having you know intellectual curiosity, wanting to explore things, right. wanting to be educated from all angles and you we'll know, put it this way we had a non-curious gm and you know right. non-curious scouting staff they wanted to do things a certain way they didn't even know they didn't they knew so little about matt dumba they couldn't even identify his race yeah this is one of the most talented defensemen in the nhl they didn't know anything about it yeah that and that's not this is not a comment on the whole uh, racial yeah. issues that Dale Talon is currently under. We don't know anything about this, so we're not going yeah. to comment there. Yeah. But the reality is Matt Dumba is one of the best young defensemen in the NHL. No, he is not Zach Wierenski or Seth Jones, but he is up no, there. No, I, I disagree. I think he's at that level. Okay. Well, but two evolving hockey. <laughs> two, but the point is he's one of, he's absolutely someone who you should know of in the NHL, considering the wild are in the state of potentially rebuilding and Matt Dumba being available and you don't know who the mm-hmm. hell the guy is like that's unacceptable and there's there was too many things that have come out about the Dale Talon era that weren't the obvious like oh the oh the uh, Bolin contract or the Matheson contract like too many things where it's like wait a minute Dale Talon didn't hadn't read the CBA like how is that stuff a lot like how is that stuff acceptable from your general manager, the guy who leads your organization? Right. And yeah. one thing that I will say, like, Bill Zito is not going to do how about eight for Mike yeah. Matheson. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah, first he, of all, like, the man is a player. He is a former player agent. If an agent tries that shit with him, he, he not, knows where to go. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's just one of those things where it's like, Hey, the Panthers needed, you know, the Panthers needed to get a lot smarter at the top, and they did. They did. So, look, it's not the guy I wanted. It's not the guy we all wanted, but I don't think it was a bad choice. We're going to give him a chance, definitely. Absolutely. Like, we're going to be rooting we for him Bob all the way. We gave Bob a chance. Of course we're going to give Bill Zito a chance. I'm giving, I, giving, I said I gave Bob Bugner all the chance in the world. Like I said, he had run a great defense in San Jose, but it might have been just because of the personnel now looking back at it. you know, 
you had Brett Burns, you had Mark Edward Vlasic before these guys oh, were trash. Yeah, it's kind of a chicken and the egg situation. Yeah, totally. totally. Is Bugner the one who decided that uh, Brent Burns should be a defenseman instead of a forward, or did that already happen? I think that already happened. Because okay. <laughs> that would have been like... Look, my, my feelings on Bob Bugner are, are well established at this point, and uh, they might get me yelled at by people, but, you know, whatever. It, it, the point of the matter is that, you know, we talked Bill Zito's the guy. Bob Bugner today. Anyway... Uh, so one of my concerns, I will say, though, about him being brought in, not so much about him in particular, but just thinking about the, you know, Panthers looking at the jackets and looking at how they're bringing in guys on the cheap and, you know, that he's a capologist. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, this is about money. This is about spending. That was something that did enter my mind and hearing George talk about how there was maybe some envy that the Panthers were, you know, looking at the jackets, able to bring in guys that were impact players without having to pay them up the wazoo. And, but it's a real thing. Like we, we couldn't create very much homegrown talent. Like we had to go out and consistently get the Vetranos and the Connollys and the Acharis and the Strawmans who were overpaid. And it was a real problem. You you get value in this, in this, in this NHL cap world, the NHL, by having impact players on entry level contracts, I yes, draft it was and develop, a, draft and develop, draft and develop. Yes, it's that's, a money. That's thing. one reason why this draft in particular is really, really important because this draft is the one that's going to produce players who are on their entry level contracts when Barkov and Huberto are set to expire. Right, you cannot miss on this draft, and I mean, mm, I mean, I don't see the first rounder being in the NHL a year from now. So well, sure, but. But that's the thing. That's the thing. You got to get two years. You have two years on Ekblad, on um, on uh, Barkov, Barkov, three years on Huberto. Like mm-hmm. you need your first round pick in the end to be in his first or second year. Well, how about this? On his twelve million. You need to not miss on your first round pick for the fifth straight year. Exactly. But that. Also that. <laughs> well, we don't know. Look, we don't, don't know about Spencer Knight. But we don't know about Spencer Knight. We don't know about Denisenko. I mean, there's. I have a pretty good feeling about Denisenko. But, and like, I still want to give Borgs from the benefit of the doubt. Owen, t- Owen <laughs> he's Tippett, a very talented player. I think Owen Tippett is going to have an impact next year. I think he's going to at least adequately replace Mike Hoffman's scoring. Yeah. Yep. Uh, at I least mean, on the power play. Yeah. Uh, I, I see Owen Tippett being a, a you know a twenty or a twenty-five fifteen player next year. I, I think God, that's. I was sick. so happy when George said that Hoffman priced himself out of Florida. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I that hope was, that I hope that that's the case with Dadnoff too. I mean, I hopefully, Bill Zito is a really tough negotiator because we should not be looking at anybody whose age starts with three. Like, well, no way. Yeah. I, Unless I, they're signing a one-year deal for us to flip them at the trade deadline. I, I think if I mean not not to get Dadnoff too far into next year, <laughs> but if Dadnoff is willing to sign basically the same contract he had now, three years, four million, I take that very no, happily. No. No, I don't want a 30-year-old. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, now now really care. isn't the time for us to be signing 30-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I don't when care. It's three years for $4 million. It's No, nope. it's not. It's don't not care. Crippling. Don't not, care. Not, not while the cap isn't going up also. That's money that there, I could be spending on somebody that might be good in two years. He's not going to be good in two years. I, I, I mean, he's still going to be – He's going to hit regression, but like he's still going to be a forty-point player. Normal, yeah. I mean, but like, there's there's no cap space though. We've talked about this. Like, they threw money at shit. There's no cap space. We need it all. Like, we will know Billy Zito 
Bill Zito is a home run hire if uh-huh. Mike Math if he finds the Zaitsev for CC trade. Yeah, yeah. for Mike Matheson. For Mike Matheson. If Mike Matheson is jettisoned for a contract yeah. that has a and, year or and two. And by the way, on, like if he comes in and he says to him to his organization, you know what? I think we need to give this Matheson guy a chance. He's a bum, F- flat out. Like there Zito is no or Matheson. Well, yes, <laughs> yes, porque yes. los dos. Yes, because um, this is. I would normally say it's okay to you know get the larger larger sample size, but here's the thing: we have two seasons of Matheson just being consistently unable to look like an NHLer night in night out. He's 26. And, like he's yeah, not going to get young. any better. That, like, that's young. the other thing. Yeah, which is you know why the eight year deal was just Matheson. Even more Matheson was an old rookie, so it's easy to forget that he's yeah. already in his prime. Yeah, and but he is 26 years old. He and forget is about not all this. Getting better. Forget about all this. The no trade clause kicks in next year. So you like what's done is done. This is the off season where you have to decide if he's staying or he's going. And spoiler alert, he has to go. Like right, like that's, he has to. If if Bill Zito's first like two months of being a general manager are getting rid of Matheson and not re-signing Hoffman and Dadanov, he will already have done a better job than Dale Talon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, not re-signed another thirty-year-old to come in and replace them. Like right. He, if George said that Zito wants to make if the team signs, younger, that's if, absolutely essential. Because we don't like I was talking about with the Islander series. We don't have Anthony Bolivia, but it's not even that. We don't have all of your Brookstrand. We don't have Alex Texier. We don't have uh, Pierre Luc Dubois. We have no young right. talent whatsoever. It's there's there's nothing. There's there's Owen Tippett, maybe. Like he might not be any good. There's Spencer Knight, maybe. There's Grigory Denisenko, maybe. There's nobody on this roster that is a young, proven NHL player on a cheap contract. There's no one. So we have right. to get younger. It's an absolute essential need. If Bill Zito signs nobody in free agency, it will have been one of the best off seasons in the last 10 years. Nobody big. Like, they need no. to fill out the roster, I think. I, yeah. If he doesn't, like, throw money away, like, like if he doesn't yeah. – if if, yeah. If he doesn't you get term, I mean. you know. You no know term. what I mean. No term. Anything is fine for one year, honestly. Because next yeah. year, like, what what are our expectations for, you know, them having all this cap tied up and just crap? Like, well, a rookie again, GM, a second uh, a head coach who's only here for a second year. With the I team mean, I mean got. Yeah. again and again, I have been told by smart people, good GMs can turn around teams extremely quickly. So if, if Bill Zito is, I almost called him Berrigan, if Bill Zito is a good GM, this will be a fast turnaround. I don't think when, this when does that happen? season is going to be. When does that happen, though? Like, I can't I think mean, of a single example. You that the Rangers just did it. Rangers no, but did the, it No, but the Rangers won the lottery, and they signed Panarin. Okay, like, but they've made good moves. Carolina turned around really quickly. In they won the lottery. lottery. It, no, it, it took Carolina a long – like, Carolina was everyone's dark horse playoff pick for, like, five years before that. And also, they won it. the lottery. Like, that was the big thing. Svechnikov is a god. Like, yeah. what are we talking about? Like, Aho in the second round, though. I mean, plus, yeah, are, like, you, are you crediting Francis or Waddell? Like, that's the other thing you have to, you have to ask yourself. Yeah. Yeah. The one, you know, the one GM I can say confidently that created a winner like that is uh, fuck. <laughs> great, <Vegas>. great analysis. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, but they had but like even that's draft. a cheat code because they started with a blank slate. Like they didn't yeah. have a bad team that turned into a. They good got thirty-one team. They had players right and away, made yeah. a good team. They had thirty-one players. Yeah. They, What's they his were fucking to... name? Kelly McCrimmon and. Uh, Thank you. Oh my god. McCrim- oh yeah. See you. Yeah, he was the assistant. Too, the capital. George McPhee. George Thank McPhee. you. I knew there was a Mick in there. I couldn't like. <laughs> this is great content. <laughs> Excellent content. Yeah, George McPhee is the one GM I can think of that like created a winner. For yeah, nothing. so like this is this is a project, and frankly, Bill Zito like they gave him a five year deal, which is I think a good sign that they're willing to let him turn it into the project that it has to be. Because you know we have to revamp the organization from top to bottom. I was actually about to say uh, Dubas, and then I remembered that. The they tanked. Was actually done by Lou Lamorello. They tanked. Yeah. Like, well, well no. they, and also they they tanked and won the lottery. Yeah. Well, they they also that was a six year rebuild. Like they can say all they want. That's that was true. a six year rebuild. That was a process. That was the process. Right. I mean, they they started from ground zero though. Like that that organization yeah, was running to the ground. Man, their first line. Our our third line today is probably better one than what their first line was in 2015. I mean, their first bad. line had what's his name on it? Who's Oli Okanen? I want to say. No, oh, um, I know who you're talking about. Oh my god, what's his name? No, he's not a pest. No, it's yeah, the guy is absolutely a pest, and he went to the All Star game. He's on the Islanders now. He's the one that has the full shield on. He's got the cage on right now. Uh, you talking about Komarov? Yes, Komarov was on the first line for the Leafs. Komarov's oh, not a bad really. player. There's someone worse that I'm thinking of. Yeah, but he's not a first line. Um, the guy that used to be on the Panthers was on their first line, I think. That's who that, I'm thinking of. Yeah, and what's this guy's name? No, no, <laughs> no, no. He was on Tavares' line for a little bit, and that's how he got a little bit of shine on him, and then he was on the uh, Panthers. No, no. no. Tavares, not McDavid. Who was on Tavares? No, but Maroon was Oh, I looked, I looked up the Islanders. No, Maroon was yeah. never with Tavares. He never played with the Islanders or the Leafs. Um, 2015. What's this guy's buh. name? David Booth was on that team, but that's not who I'm thinking of. I uh, think his name started with was, B. That's, I, I've been saying buh, buh, buh for like the last 10 minutes. Again, Jeez. great content. <laughs> this is excellent content. I'm and cutting Maroon this. was with the Oilers in 15, 16, Oilers. 16, 17. Oilers, yeah, but it was the guy I was thinking of. No, I, Oilers, yes. Brad Boyce. Brad Boyce, Bad thank boys. you. God, I don't know why that took me so long. Come on, feel the noise. Girls rock Brad Boyce. By the way, heat up 2 nothing. Suck it, Bucks. Ooh. There's, a, there's a wager a on the game. line. Winner gets Giannis. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that is actually a real wager. Riley tampered as fuck in the bubble right now. But this is yeah. Panther Paris, not Heat Paris as much as I'd like it to be. Well, right. the, the Heat can the last, fall in the Paris part. last 30 seconds of this podcast will be Heat Paris, unless we have some final thoughts on the Bill Zito hiring, because I feel like we've gone long enough. I mean, look. Don't it's suck. Not the, it's not the guy we all wanted. It wasn't our number one choice, but he's not a bad choice, and he's not Chiarelli. Like I, yeah. I honestly, we we might have canceled the podcast if it was Peter Shirelli. I, I, I already if, said I, like I was going to quit. Like, yeah, I, I, I wanna... honestly don't know if we could do a season with Peter Shirelli as GM. Yeah, yeah, it, we, it, we we genuinely might have shut it down <laughs> for for as much as we trashed on town the last couple of months. Like, I don't even think we would have had to like. I I could I could just at see least now. Dale Talon never traded Taylor Hall. And Tyler Sagan, because he didn't fit the culture. Like, could you, like, look, 
there, there's things you can say about Alexander Barkov and him not stepping up this year or in the playoffs, but like you could absolutely see Chiarelli trading off Barkov this off season and saying, Oh, he's not the kind of leader I wanted on this team. Peter Chiarelli would trade Jonathan Huberto to get Erica Branson back. Like, I don't, I don't want to do this circle jerk about what Chiarelli would do, what he wouldn't do, because reality is Zito could, could be just as bad, frankly. We gonna, don't know. We're going to find out, and trust me, as soon as the moves start happening, there will be podcasts from us just to yeah. breaking them yeah. down. Yeah, I mean, and we have, we have a clear direction in mind for the team. Like, we, we've made it you know, pretty obvious that we think that they need to utilize offer sheets. They need to get a lot younger, a lot quicker. And if we don't see that, you know, if we see them making a splash in free agency or trading picks for players or something like that, we're going to let our thoughts be known. And if, you know, we see them using offer sheets wisely, we're going to let our thoughts be known. If Bill Zito, hashtag offer sheets or Ellie, um, I, he will be my favorite GM ever. Yes. I think can, 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 I, can, I, can I hint at the Galaxy Brain plan? No. No, no hints. We'll we'll DM Bill Look, Zito not, first. No, no one who's listening to this podcast is going to steal the idea and bring it to another team. So like, it's a secret. I don't know. Yeah, it's but we're secret. teasing it. Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk to you guys about it later. So anyway, for offer sheets for Alex and Jake, I've been TJ. Thanks again for listening to Panther Paris. Thanks again to George for coming on, gracing him with his presence. Florida gracing hockey us. now. Yeah, Florida hockey now. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203.